Okay, so the first question is, overall, what do you think is going on with Russia? Why did Russia invade Ukraine? What do they want out of it? Stuff like that. Um, I mean, a lot of it ends up going down to, obviously, what Putin is thinking, what his end goal is, and still a little bit of that is up for debate or up for speculation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think, one, um, his stated reason is that he's fearful that uh, Ukraine was closer to joining NATO um, or potentially the EU, and he mm -hmm. views Ukraine both as a Russian people's and as um, a buffer zone against Western incursion. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason, obviously, for uh, the invasion. I also think that, and this is getting into, obviously, a little bit more speculation, yeah. but that he thought it was going to be um, a favorable boost in popularity for him. Mm -hmm. um, in 2014, after the Crimean annexation and to the small scale, smaller scale uh, incursion into like the Donbass region, um, his popularity was boosted as a response to those. So even though the sanctions impacted them after 2014, there was enough rise in popularity amongst his people that kind of made it a good political move for him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he was expecting something similar in this one or that he completely mis-underestimated the West's response and yeah. the Ukrainian um, response. Um, because I would assume that he'd not think it would go, the last week plus would go the way that it has. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I think, I mean, obviously, then what's happening... Um, but I think the original goal he had was to move in, quickly topple the government, take control of Kiev, um, install a pro-Russian government yeah. in there like mm -hmm. it existed pre-2013. Um, and then, yeah, 2013-ish. Um, and then um, be able to withdraw, um, or at least, you know, not withdraw all of the troops, but not have it be like an active combat zone. Yeah, that makes sense. That does not look like... What's happening. Occur. Yeah, I mean, obviously... There's enough Russian troops to be able to invade or to, like, overthrow yeah. the Ukrainian government. But in, I would expect years, months worth of guerrilla fighting that it was different than what its original plan intended. Yeah. Um. So does Ukraine want to join NATO, and also does NATO want Ukraine to join? Um. I mean, the answer. So, Ukraine's government is Western. Looking at this point, so Ukraine itself is a couple different regions, um, and. Kiev, in the far western part, has wanted to join the EU and NATO for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Then there are elements within society and the government, obviously not the largest percent, that have viewed that a closer connection to Russia is more in their national interest. Um, part of that is regionally based, where you fall just geographically yeah. in Ukraine. Um, and then, um, so... Ukraine has wanted to join, at least, you know, in terms of, like, the majority of its population, or at least the current governments, um, have wanted to join NATO and EU. Um, NATO is really never looked super seriously at Ukraine. They have, oh, okay, that's, let me backtrack. Um, when NATO was adding other countries um, that were former Soviet states, Ukraine came up, and that was one of the nervous things, because an attack on um, one mental countries yeah. attack and mm -hmm. also expanding it into um, Ukraine or even Russia ex creates a different threat level. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So that's where I think NATO or Ukraine was not added to NATO was almost the fear that something like this were to occur and it would lead to an all-out war, um, which is one of the reasons that NATO has been apprehensive over the last five, six years of adding Ukraine um, to the list. 
So that's also obviously why NATO has not gotten directly involved with troops on the ground in Ukraine, um, is for the fear of an all-out war. But at the same time, it also makes it obviously more likely that Putin were to invade Ukraine yeah. and trigger a large-scale conflict. But at the same time, he's now sitting at the borders of NATO countries, Poland, yeah. closer to the Baltic countries. Um, and that's what he wants, is almost Ukraine to serve as a buffer between a NATO-led West in Russia and mm-hmm. Ukraine didn't want this to occur, so that's why they were looking to join NATO. Do you think Russia would ever invade a NATO territory, like, during this conflict? Um, I mean, a week ago, I would have said absolutely not. Five days ago, I would have said absolutely yeah. not. I still lean very, very heavily on the no side because of the repercussions that were to occur. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think Putin would have wanted to test if how what the United States or NATO's involvement would be really the response. if it was a Baltic country, um, one that was seen as an old Soviet, I mean, part of the Soviet Union. Um, I think at this point he's kind of gotten his answer. Yeah. So that would make you less likely to think that he were to invade because he sees the pushback on a non-NATO nation. But at the same time, if he gets pressured to a point of absolute, you know, um, not necessity, but absolute, like, where he has no other outs at all, Yeah. Um, I don't know what he takes. Mm-hmm. Because to say that, one, some of these steps that he's taking right now were not the ones that um, everyone knew, not everyone, but people thought he was going to invade Ukraine for yeah. a while, but they didn't necessarily expect these steps. Um, and if you pressure someone to the point of, being deposed or losing complete control over Russia. I don't know what his next steps are because it doesn't need to follow logic at that point. Yeah, just at this point, yeah. Um, and that's the hard part he runs into in Ukraine is early on he didn't want to use heavy levels of firepower because even though Russia is nowhere near the capable military of the United States, mm-hmm. um, they could unfortunately level yeah. every building in Russia yeah. times, or sorry, in Ukraine, in Ukraine yeah. times over. Um, but the sell that he has to the Russian people are Ukraine are Ukraine has the majority of its people are great, the majority of its people want to join Russia and they're being stopped in doing so from oh, he keeps using neo Nazis. Oh, as, something like that. Um, and there's a reason I don't need to go why he's using specifically neo Nazis yeah. as the reasoning. Uh, but he's trying to paint that as the reason why Ukraine's fighting back. But as more and more Russian people see Ukrainians who they view as Little Russians is the name that at times history has called them. Um, that's what they don't want to see. So that's the, that's the tough spot he's in, was to make the invasion work, but not make it use overwhelming firepower to have his people turn against him because you don't, no one in Russia wants to see the landmarks of Kiev they believe to be yeah. the beginning of the, of the Orthodox Church in Vladimir and Russia um, bombed. So now obviously the attacks have stepped up in terms of their severity. So do you think attacks on civilians, and that's I think because he's being forced to do so. So, Putin, do you think Putin's willing to do anything to Ukraine to take over, or is he still trying to play the game of anything? No, because I mean anything would be nuclear weapons. Well, yeah, not nuclear um, weapons, but like I think you're seeing every step move further and further, like in terms of the escalation of what he's willing to do. Um, I mean, if it's true that they're now using vacuum bombs and cluster bombs, um, that is a huge escalation. Yeah, not only a war crime, but also um, an escalation to taking over a nuclear power plant. Um, not Chernobyl, the one further south that I don't know how to pronounce the name of, but it's yeah. the largest one in um, 
Europe, like all of those are giant Yeah, that's huge. Yes, obviously his willingness is expanding almost daily um, as their current level of troops fail. Um, do you, so there's been like protests like in Russia, like some Russian citizens like protesting Putin's goals. Um, do you think the majority of the population like are against Putin or do you think only a small minority? Is there stuff getting censored? Do they not know stuff? I mean, one, it is dramatically getting censored. But I do think that this is the largest or the biggest threat Putin has had since he took power um, to his stability of the people in his government. Um, In my take, and this is mostly based on like pretty in-depth reading in public opinions, Mm -hmm. um, is even though like the people have not always been the happiest with Putin, but he's really actually always had a substantial percentage of people approve of him. 60% is about as low as he gets. Now, that's because of media control. That's because yeah. of making sure that your opposition has either no power or is in jail. Yeah. But he actually has been a semi-popular leader, and this is really undercutting that. Um, yes, the level of um, repression is huge. I mean, every um, non-government entity has been pretty much kicked off the air. Mm-hmm. Um, they're attempting to censor elements of the internet as well. Yeah. But it's a... It's it's a people that have not experienced that level of censorship yeah. in the past. Um, so I think if you haven't experienced that level of censorship, you're going to start to realize it exists. Plus, yeah. media leaks through. They don't have the setup that China does with their, um, you know, Great Firewall. Yeah. So, you know, that's why Ukraine has been, like, trying to pierce the kind of veil of. Um, Soviet or Soviet Russian oppression. Yeah. Um, where if you saw the the captured <coughs> soldiers, mm-hmm. um, they had them call home. Oh. So they captured a bunch of soldiers and they specifically had them call home. And be like, oh my god. And not like then killed like kept yeah. them, but mm-hmm. to you know if you send one that made international news, but if you could call two hundred people in Russia, like that's now multiple people that know the Russians are being captured, they're fighting, and yeah. the Ukrainians are treating them well. Yeah. They've tried, there's a picture of a Ukrainian, or sorry, Russian soldier who um, gave up and is being fed yeah. um, by the Ukrainian people, and yeah. I think you're seeing lots of that put out by the Ukrainians as a way to counteract Putin's propaganda. Um, so, what sanctions has the U.S. put on Russia, and how about the world, and do you think that's an effective thing to do instead of military intervention? Um, I mean, it's never going to be as effective as a military intervention because the military intervention would obviously uh, be the thing that could topple. Yeah. Them, but that's what they don't want is the possibility of an outbreak of nuclear war. Yeah. Um, they have spent months and months creating the perfect, like, perfect targeted sanctions. So in the because the hard part is Putin is not dumb. He, he what he thought was sanction proofed his economy. Yeah. So they've collected large amounts of foreign cash reserves. Um, and made it to where sanctions like occurred in 2014 wouldn't hurt their country. Yeah. These sanctions were also specifically targeted to get around a lot of those, and they've escalated every time um, to where you saw the initial sanctions, and then you saw the removal of banks from parts of the SWIFT system. Yeah. Um, and the goal is to make sure that the sanctions have the maximum targeted impact, Yeah. and they appear to be working. I've seen yeah. the second largest uh, gas company, so... One, every company pretty much in Russia was probably in the 90s made from a communist one and then given to what they call the oligarchs. Yeah. The people, so these are ones that 
own giant amounts of wealth, but they're not like Musk who can criticize the government because yeah. they're given these contracts yeah. in the 90s and then Putin has, since then, like worked with all of them. Mm-hmm. And the second largest gas company today criticized the invasion um, and asked for it to stop. Um, multiple oligarchs have started to kind of move against him and those are huge yeah. steps. And that's, I think, largely because of the sanctions. Um, you're starting to see some of the yachts, the super yachts, be um, impounded. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, if you can get it to where the Russian people, and it, and it sucks to make people starve or to be in a yeah, terrible situation, that's sad, but, but um, short, of nuclear, or short of direct confrontation, the goal is to get the Russian people to turn on Putin yeah. and demand to withdraw. Um, and it does seem like it has completely and utterly disrupted the economy. Um, so how much could you expect oil prices to go up since we get so much oil from Russia? And do you think we'll start producing oil in the U.S. a lot more? So, one, oil prices... So, the hard part is, one, even if we bought nothing from Russia, the fact that there's less oil on the market yeah. is a dramatic impact. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter who's buying it from who. Yeah. It just matters that there's less. So, even if we don't... We haven't technically boycotted or um, sanctioned fully Russian oil, but no American distributors are buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Russia puts out less of it or just as disrupted, that's where you're going to see the oil prices go. Yeah. Um, and then the other problem ends up being... For the United States to increase its oil supplies, I think we've started, we attempted to start to do so a little bit over the last couple of months just because of increasing the prices. Yeah. But that is a month or year-long process. Yeah. So it's not that companies are sitting on massive stockpiles of oil that they're like, let's just pour, like sit on it because oil prices were already up so high. Yeah. But because of the pandemic, um, oil dropped so low that multiple companies either went bankrupt or they shut down wells because there's certain wells that are profitable at levels. So like oil's at forty dollars a barrel, it's only profitable to have like really easy to access oil. Yeah. When oil gets up like one ten, I think it was one eleven when I checked a couple like an hour or two ago. Um, pretty much anything you've ever done is profitable. Yeah. But that might take months, if not years, to get online. Yeah. So the the concept that like the Biden has led to an increase in oil prices because of the Keystone Energy Pipeline isn't really true. Now, yeah. it could be in eight years. Like, if oil prices are high in eight years, but, but the Keystone wasn't going to lead to any oil. Yeah. And it was 8% completed over the next five, six years. So it's, it's really hard to get a lot more oil online fast. Um, so you can get OPEC to try to increase production, which I yeah. know they're talking about. So, you know, those are the possibilities. You guys can um, I know those possibilities exist, but I don't, I don't know if I necessarily see a dramatic... I mean, I would expect... Upwards of 140 is what I've seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll stay at that level because I would hope that there's some level of resolving yeah. the situation. But yeah, short term, there's not. You can start to increase production, but you're better off releasing the strategic oil reserve or you're better off um, getting OPEC to increase their production. Yeah. Because the US will try, but yeah, new wells are years in the process. All right. Um, let's see. Um, so all men ordered 18 to 60 have to stay and fight. Um, do you know, do you think there's any sort of organization going on or they just handed weapons? Um, so they're handing out weapons Yeah. and there's like how-to videos being created for Molotov cocktails. Um, Ukraine got around to this in the last couple of weeks. And by the way, very few countries would be capable of responding even with this, but um, there's a really interesting article about how Finland being located right next to so, uh, Russia, having Soviet incursions yeah. before, uh, is prepared for this. So they don't have like the Korean or Israeli, like you have to be in the military for a certain amount of time, but instead they require, I don't know, 
so I don't a couple weeks every other couple years yeah. um, for military drilling, but not to create like a civilian army that can march in their uniforms, but that can fight in guerrilla tactics. Yeah. So Finland is prepared for that because of their history. Ukraine is right now just in a scramble mode yeah. of trying to make sure that there's enough people still in and around Kiev and in Ukraine to put up the resistance. But, you know, that's a pretty dramatic impact. Yeah. People separated at the Polish border based on the ages, so yeah, that's... I get why, but, you know, that's... That's a huge one. Okay. Let's see. One more question. Um, let's see. Mm, so what are, you, what are your hopes for this conflict, do you think? I mean... Overall, the most important thing would be a stop to fight. Yeah. So step one would be no more violence. That could happen in three minutes. I mean, so that's for people, civilians. Yeah. Um, that if a peace treaty were to decide that the Zelensky government would not be, they're not going to be top. Yeah. That it can remain a functioning democracy mm-hmm. um, where they actually get to keep who they are about to and that you know, ultimately you got is removed from power yeah. or um, is no longer able to be um, and the Russians are going to have a move towards democratic I don't think it's about like the punishment of actors yet that will happen at some point yeah. I, think that, I think first stop the fighting two making sure that Ukraine can keep its sovereignty yeah. and three would be to um, reduce the availability of Russia to specifically to do something like this that's my hope I don't know yeah oh well thank you for your time that's all I have alright thank you